Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you uh, on a Thursday. We'll be at Astro Spring Training. Uh, starting on Sunday, we'll be broadcasting live from West Palm Beach all week long next week. Brought told to you, me about this. Seth, you uh, check your email. There's a flight reservation in there for you. <laughs> there is a little bit of truth to that. <laughs> Not this particular time, but there are some times. Other times, like, yeah. Oh, oh, I've got a flight tomorrow, do I? Oh. <laughs> Thanks for telling me. I'll tell Brandy about this at some point. Uh, yeah. our, uh, our trip is... Our tra- our trip. Oh, no, it's always my fault. It's not... Right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, the, the email's been there for two weeks. Right. It's just I haven't... Yeah. Yeah. Um, Trip brought to you by Shoppa's John Deere. So we thank them for sending us to spring training, and we're looking forward to bringing you guys all sorts of great content from West Palm Beach. Can't wait to go to the games. Um, Lance McCullers, he's had a rough spring training so far. Uh, did a bullpen, arm soreness. Here was Lance McCullers yesterday in the clubhouse talking to the media, revealing how the injury that's going to keep him out for a few weeks now, he's going to miss opening day as well. Um, how did that happen? Yeah, you know, I uh, had a great off season and was incredibly excited uh, for the year. Um, felt like uh, was in an amazing spot physically and uh, got to camp early um, through a bullpen here last Tuesday. And unfortunately, after that bullpen, nothing during the bullpen uh, raised any red flags. Just after the bullpen, into the evening and into the next day, it's had some um, some elbow soreness and things of that nature. Yeah. Elbow soreness uh, and Lance McCullers in the same sentence. So I mean, here it, we are again. Yeah, and right now he's describing it as just a strain. But like last last year, and he knows this, he missed five months with a strain. So as we know with the Astros in general, just discomfort might as well be a UCL. When you hear discomfort, it could be anywhere from genuine discomfort to a UCL. I actually feel better about it hearing from Lance with some degree of specificity what it is. Yeah. That, all right, this isn't – this doesn't seem like the year that he was pitching with a partially torn UCL no. or something like that. Well, they ran the MRI and there's no structural damage. Yeah. So yeah, so it's like literally it's not as bad as that. Um They haven't they haven't had the MRI looked at by the um the fun to say name of his specialist. Okay. I'll look it up in a second. Look up his show. name and then it's let's have fun, some... it's a fun it's a fun name to say. I'm gonna yeah. play a little audio and you go find the okay. fun name. Um here was Lance though, um confirming um no way he's gonna be ready opening day. Opening day is out of the question. Yeah, opening day is out of the question. I don't know if, I mean, it just, because of the nature of building up through spring and the amount of um, bullpens you need and lives you need and then obviously games, it just not, it just, I mean, this, the smartest thing would, would be, uh, you know, to just go at a slow pace and, and, and come back and still have the ability to throw, you know, majority of the full season, still hope to hit that 150, 160 innings mark, you know, versus you know, rushing it and coming back and you know, risking re-injury um, or risking just not being able to be an effective part of the team. So that, that was McCullers, so he won't be ready for opening day. Did you find the fun-to-say name of his specialist, Seth? Yes, it's uh, it's Dr. Neil Elatrache. Oh, that is fun to guy, say. He's the guy who did his Tommy John. Elatrache. He's expected to review the MRI soon. Okay. But, I mean, they've already looked at it, so I don't, you know. It's yeah. A, it's a... It's an extra opinion. I would, I would hope that Elitrache – I hope Elitrache is not so good that he's the only guy that can spot uh, whatever might be wrong with Lance's elbow. Hopefully it's just normal Yeah, whatever. just normal wear and tear, hopefully. This is where Lance – I mean, I hate to say somebody who's going to miss opening day benefits from something here. Um, but, but I will say this, that Lance – if Lance were pitching Seth for a team with a 
with less depth in their rotation, which is literally yeah. probably every other team in Major League Baseball. Um, but if he were pitching for like a team where he's expected to be the ace of the staff, yeah, because he's getting you know he's he's not making ace money, but he's making seventeen million a year. He he would be a guy that I could see at seventeen million a year that some of these teams in that mid range, like Minnesota, Milwaukee, teams like that, that. Okay, he's an injury risk, but he's cheaper. We're going to take a chance. And Lance McCullers, when he's healthy, he is an ace-level pitcher for us, and he can be the ace of our staff. Then they show up at spring training, and for the second straight year, he's got arm trouble. He would be he would be getting a criticized. I don't know if it's the right word. There'd be a lot more heat on Lance McCullers if he were pitching for a team that didn't already have five, what are viewed as five capable major league starters right right now. right right he yeah. can go rehab and take his time yeah. with the luxury yeah. of knowing he plays for the best team in baseball it's, just, it's not as, you know the hunter brown being your fifth starter right now is the one that's not so easy to pencil in not to mention that christian javier is going to be under a lot more stress and pressure obviously yeah um than he has been before but those are unknowns and i like i get nervous that we're too cocky as astros fans and just assuming that oh yeah you're running through the astros pitcher development car wash and everybody just shows up and they're awesome that's just what you do that's no big I deal feel. right that's exactly yeah. how i feel i know yeah i do too i do too <laughs> and you have to you have to be careful about that Elitrash, hey, by the way, he's uh, he's at the Curl and Job Clinic, okay. which was Doctor Job was the one who invented the Tommy John. He did surgery. he? Did yeah. I had uh, I had a I had a shoulder surgery done by Doctor Job. Did you really? Yeah, and I did it. I had it in like 1999. Wow. And at the time when I would tell doctors about that, they'd look at me like he's really old. Yeah. Um, where it made me nervous because I think that I think Dr. Job was in the, I think he was in the OR. He is, I had kind of a special case and it was a procedure that was kind of rare. So Dr. Job wanted to be involved in it, but it was one of those things where you're like, yeah, I don't know. That's like if, um, like if a really old pilot was like, oh, I want to fly that plane. I don't do it that often anymore, but uh, I want to let me go fly it because it'll be fun. Dude. Uh, yeah, but Dr. Alatrache might have been one of the guys that was like actually performing the surgery on me. Wow. Yeah. You get, so Job, like Job is the goat. Were you thinking yeah. that at the time? Like, I'm getting the best ever to do well, this surgery right now. I, I, I didn't know as much because Job, unlike some other orthopedic surgeons who are really good at self-promotion, and become known as like, oh wow, he must be awesome because he sure does advertise and show up in articles a lot. Like Doctor James Dr. Andrews. Andrews, James yeah. Andrews. Yes. Um, I I didn't know that much about him until I started reading about him because I'd actually gone to Doctor Andrews and I didn't really like the the opinion he'd given me. So I went to Dr. Job who gave me a completely different opinion. The first three doctors I had seen, but Job like Dr. Job invented the Tommy John surgery and uh, basically was cool with people just calling it Tommy John, the name of the pitcher instead of the Dr. Frank, uh, the Dr. Job, was it Frank Job? The Frank Job surgery. Yeah. You know, he had very little ego about him. So I wasn't awestruck. He was just a really pleasant older gentleman. Dr. Lowe, I think came up through the Dr. Job tree. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Walter Lowe, who's the you know the he's the he's the man for the teams here in town on, on stuff like that. I'm have guessing you done a f- fellowship with him back in the day. I don't, yeah, I don't remember exactly. I, got, I orthopedists have to do like they have to they're they go to school forever and yeah. have to do residencies forever and yeah. Yep. Yeah, he was a uh, he was a, he did a fellowship at, at Curl and Job. Yep. 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 He sure did. Um. So um. So back to uh, Lance McCullers. I can't believe you got a surgery from Dr. Job. That's cool. Like that's like getting a lap dance from Lisa Ann. Like you the goat. That's what I told it's, him. It's the same the exact thing. Yeah. I was like, "Doc, as I was going under, I was like, oh, this feels like a lap dance." And uh <laughs> And then you stuck a 5 in his pocket right as you <laughs> as you went unconscious. I asked him to sign my surgery. And he I, he says he did. I don't know. I have no way of verifying it unless they cut me <laughs> open. Cut me open. Yeah. Um so um so Lance McCullers, I think bringing up Hunter Brown is is a, a good tangent right here because that that this does this does up the pressure on Hunter Brown a little bit like he's clearly now a part of a a part of this five man rotation they, you know you'd heard rumblings coming out of training out of spring training that will they go with the six man rotation is Hunter Brown going to be more of a you know like what Javier has been the last couple years where he's a guy who we know he's got great stuff he comes in and does two or three innings when you need him sort of thing. He's a starter now. Like it's it's Hunter Brown. I think the other name that gets interesting, and I'm not counting on this guy at all, Forrest Whitley. I saw him do a few interviews yesterday. Yeah, he's been um, look. Forrest Whitley. 
I'm grudgingly growing to like because he's very he's very humble about the the fact that he knows the deal. Like he knows what it looks like. It's not been a good run of him for injuries, and hey, he got off on the wrong foot with the fan base initially because he had that uh, whatever it was. He was trying to study real hard on an 18 hour drive. Yeah. So he uh, took some study aids. Right. His, uh, <laughs> got suspended for a bunch of games. He got suspended for studying yeah. basically. Yeah. And. Um, but he, uh, I don't know. He, uh, the only thing I worry about Forrest Whitley is his extreme weight fluctuations. Like he looks in shape now, I guess. But, but for a for a guy who got a PED for study drugs uh, back in the day, I worry that sometimes you blow up for no specific reason and then slim back down. He's getting yeah. he's getting married. He pointed that out yesterday. Berman did a Berman did a uh, you know kind of a two or three minute stand up with him yeah. in the in the clubhouse there. He and did a stand-up routine. Not a stand-up routine. No, he wasn't. He's like, hey, Forrest, I got two. I got three. I worked out three minutes no. of material. Can no, you Berman check it out? wasn't. Berman wasn't. We're going be-bopping. to an open mic later. He wasn't bebopping and scotting through the clubhouse. Okay. Um, no, but Whitley pointed out that he is getting married. He pointed out he's like, you know, I've, I've matured. I'm getting married. I have a dog. He pointed out he has a dog. Oh, I'm boy. like, yeah. you know what? I'm ready now. You know what? I'm. Re- I was out on Forrest Whitley, and now I'm penciling him in as the sixth starter because he's got a dog. That's there's good nothing for that me. impresses. Uh, actual parents more than when you uh, tell them that you've gotten mature because you have a dog, which right. is basically like having a child. Good enough for me, Seth. Forrest Willie didn't do the second part, but yeah. Rookie of the uh, year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here- that's like saying that like uh, I know what it's like to be strung out on cocaine because uh, I recently started drinking coffee. Right. And uh, so I, I know what you've been through, my friend. You'll dog. get through it. You'll get through it. Good luck in rehab. It's yes. funny. He brought it up. He's like, yeah, I got a dog. I'm like, awesome. Uh Lance McCullers, how how is he feel? Where are the emotions at right now with Lance McCullers in this arm trouble? You know, we've been we've been obviously I've I've been a little bit um, upset. You know, I, I was really looking forward to a great start to the camp and great start to the season. Um, anytime this happens, it's very frustrating for me, for uh, especially for our team, you know, our fan base. Uh, and I just wanted to have you know a great year and, and get off to a great start. And unfortunately, it didn't happen. So. Okay, one more. The MRI, uh, as Seth pointed out, the uh, the MRI, um, no structural damage, but Lance's specialist still needs to take a look at it. But Lance said the MRI was a big relief. It was a big relief, obviously. I mean, you know, we we were we kind of waited on it a little bit. We wanted to see how it was responding and things of that nature, but we felt like it had been a week, and we felt like it was it was the right thing to do to get the MRI. Uh, obviously, if if there were alarms going off, we would have gotten the MRI immediately. But we just wanted to confirm that things that we were seeing on the physical exam kind of matched up with the uh, with the MRI, and it did. And it is, you know, like I said, it is minor, but I've obviously have had you know elbow elbow surgeries in the past and other elbow um, rehab. So, you know, anytime I have to deal with that, you just want to make sure everything is um, lined up. A question on the trailer wheel and frame text page. This goes back to something that Lance had said earlier uh, that he hopes to get back to full health early in the season and, um, and, uh, and pitch 150, 160 innings. Good question. Someone asked 9841 on the trailer wheel and frame text page says, how many 150 inning seasons has he had? Um, the answer is one. It was in 2021. He threw 162 in a third innings, and I will point out that that season ended for him in the divisional round because he had da, 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 arm trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, and like earlier we were kind of chatting the old. Uh, you bring it comes up biannually is like, okay, should Lance really be a reliever? I guess the hard part about that is that this is at the very beginning of spring training. <laughs> um, we can't now, do it this year, probably. No, 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 no. I know, but I'm just saying, like, it's not. I I don't know if just. Switching up his workload during the season is going to be the answer because now he's building himself up to be a starter and maybe in doing that, that was enough. Like is uh, the spring, the spring training aspect of it could be tweaked if he's going to be a reliever at least. But yeah, this isn't like he didn't, he didn't get this strain after, you know, after pitching 120 innings through August or something. Right. This is at the very beginning of the year before you've even really gotten going. Yeah, like at what point yeah. do you look at this, Seth, and you go, starting pitching doesn't agree with you. Yeah. You know, like there's plenty of evidence that, that I mean, and maybe he's just got an arm that's always going to be this way regardless of what he's doing. But, man, we're, we're, we're now into the, the second go-round of something like this since the 2021 postseason. Um. So, and I know he's sort of paying an injury tax based on the salary that he's getting. You know, he's yeah. his stuff is not seventeen million dollar a year stuff. His stuff is 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 much better than that. So he's already sort of paying a tax well, for the injuries. But man, and that's where I I have a hard time with this too because sometimes um, 
you know, but I, I've heard it various times. People will stick up for baseball players by saying, like, well, injury-prone baseball players, by saying, well, look, you, you only need him for a month in the postseason. Well, right, but the probability of that guy being available in the postseason for those for those games is less if they're injury-prone. He missed not, the entire yeah. postseason <laughs> practically in 2021. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's right. when yeah, he got it's hurt. Like, <laughs> it's not as easy as just like, well, yeah, but who cares about regular season games missed? Well, if, if a guy's prone to getting injured, then there's a good chance he's not going to make it through the postseason too. Yeah, um, yeah so I don't know. I, I th- maybe this is Maybe this ends up being the year where he starts you know, making a psychological shift towards – uh, being a, a reliever, I don't think anybody wants to ask him. Uh, he's been, well, now's not he's the time, so, probably. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! Should it be? But I do wonder. It's just, um, I mean, he's been just very adamant for a long, long time that he's not. And that goes back to like the you know the Keith Law projections of him. There were a lot of people that said they thought he should be a reliever, and and he kind of looked at them with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, so he's always had like an axe to grind with people that that asked him about that or suggested that's what he should do. $17 million a year, that is, uh, that's pricey unless you're uh, a, 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 a way above average to elite level closer oh, in the bullpen. He'd be awesome. No, he would, he would be really good at it, but my point is yeah. he better be at $17 million a year. You know what Edwin I mean? Edwin Diaz makes uh, almost $20 million, and he's got a, just a killer intro. So if you have to, you have to come up with something like the trumpets that Diaz walks into yeah. for Lance. If that's uh, if that's what it, if that's what it takes, then I'm here for it. Diaz is on the Mets. I, I, what every what all 29 other owners would tell you is, don't use what the Mets are paying guys as the barometer <laughs> and the position. Uh, <laughs> Iglesias with the Braves is at 16 million. Yeah. Kenley Jansen 16 million. So yeah. he's not. It's not. It's not an unheard of price to pay for a release. No, no. But you're already paying Presley 14. You're paying Montero 11. Like all of a sudden, like now, now you've got for a team that is that does spend. But is very choosy about where they spend. Now all of a sudden you're talking about spending like forty five million a year on getting through the last two innings of several baseball games. What if I were to tell you that the seventh highest paid relief pitcher is oh look at that, Jake Odorizzi. Okay. Is he listed as a reliever? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's awesome. how they should sell it to Lance. You're like, hey man, Odo did it. Let's just come on. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Odo took it so well, too. <laughs> remember when you were asking me, Seth, remember when you were asking me uh, like a couple weeks ago, uh, you were like, has there ever been a guy on the Astros who's like raised a stink about something? Like, it seems like it's been a pretty... Recently. Recently, recently yeah, 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 yeah. Like, recently raised a stink, and I couldn't think of anybody. And then I got home that night, and for whatever reason, Oda Rizzi showed up on my radar. Maybe I was reading a preview of the, yeah. of the, of the AL West or whatever. I'm like, there's the guy. Remember, like how how agitated that dude got that he was the odd man out in a he six and seven man rotation. Yeah. Well, and then let's see. Fires got into it with Hinch, right? Probably jerk face rat. Yeah. Wasn't it Fires that got into it pretty pretty uh, notably with Hinch? He, in the dugout? he, he may have. He yeah. may have. My my yeah, vision on Fires is clouded just because he'll he'll always just be a rat to me. He probably did something like that. <laughs> jerk. Yeah. Mike Fires sparks dust up in Astros dugout. Figures after being taken out of the game. Loser. Yeah. yeah. All right, Payne and Pendergast, we are with you here on a Thursday. Um, we will get to some headlines a little later on this hour. Uh, I asked Seth the question yesterday of the four overpaid, underperforming quarterbacks that got new contracts last year, which one is going to regain their Pro Bowl form most likely to in the upcoming season? I polled the people. Who do the people think it's going to be? And would you watch this documentary that Netflix is dropping about NFL quarterbacks? Wait till you hear who's starring in this thing. That is next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Steph and I are just sitting here getting jacked for baseball season during the break. Well, yeah, we were talking about that. Just the great thing about baseball is that on any given night, or at least six nights a week, usually in the summer, like there's something to do. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, there's something yeah. you get to look forward to that feels wholesome enough. Right. You know, if I sit on my couch and watch Netflix for three hours, I feel like a bum. Where if I sit on the couch and watch an Astros game, I feel like okay, you know, and I can pay the bills while I'm doing it, and I feel like I'm I'm, I'm 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 keeping up with my good friends, uh, the guys, uh, the the Astros. Technically, yeah. you're working when you're watching a game. How beautiful yeah. is that? I try not to think of it that way because it's. Uh, I don't either, but it's nice to throw it. it in people's faces who say that you're lazy. You know what I mean? Uh, like, hey. so you guys just get home and then you just—it's four hours. It's got to be great having a job where you only work four hours. Like, no, we work it's on the a- show during the day and we watch games at night. You're like, no, listen, I work way more than four hours. The difference is it never, ever actually feels like work. Right. So, like, <laughs> Precisely. You're, yeah. saying, you're saying the job is awesome for the wrong reasons. Right. I'm not, I'm not, I will never once act like it's a hard job. It's just awesome for different reasons than you're saying. I feel like it is, it's a little bit of an insult to say we only work four hours. We do work, like a lot of times, on, I, at various times I might work like 12 to 14 hours a day, yeah. but it never feels like 12 to 14 hours of work. Yes. That's why it's awesome. Yes. It's because you can, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fake work. Precisely. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, a lot of it is stuff I would have been doing in my sales job, sitting there and reading sports articles at my computer. Is it, well, I told you, like, as far as if, the most you can engineer your life to be like a working dog, because um, a working dog works 16 hours a day. Yeah. A bomb-sniffing dog yep. or a, a cattle herder. But to them, it's just like they're playing the entire time. Yeah. They're looking for treats, you know? They get every now and then, they get a treat for doing what they're just running around and hanging out with their owner, you know? Yep. They have two owners because they work a double shift. Guy A comes in, looks for bombs. Yep. Then guy B comes in and looks for bombs. And the dog is just having a blast the entire time. Yes. And sometimes so get- we sometimes we get treats. Yeah, that's true. Like my parking pass I just got for cook-off tomorrow. Ooh. I was out I was out running around like a dog in the hallway, and I see Aaron Kapner, and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm barking, and I'm saying, give me my treat, give me my treat. She goes, here's a parking, <laughs> good boy, good boy, Sean, here's your parking pass for cook-off tomorrow. There, there actually is a way. I've been trying to like look at different ways to gamify my life, yeah. you know, and like try to make things like you get a little reward or some kind of pat on the back for yourself when you accomplish a task. Right. But the like the... In general, the best is to have, I want to say, like a 20, 20 to 25% reward ratio randomly. So if you give, like if you're training an animal, you want to give them a treat, but you want to randomize it so they, don't, they can't anticipate like every fifth time I do this trick, I'm going to get a treat. But you want to make it feel like, oh, you get that, you get that little juice every now and then. Um, so I've been, I, I, was, I started carrying around some dice with me. And, uh, and I just, if I roll and it comes up ones, twos, or three, uh, one, two, or three out of a possible 12, then I get a, I get a reward for doing a little task on my two. Really? Yeah. A little square of chocolate. Frankly, it's been a pain in the ass. I don't know if I'm, uh, I don't know if I need to increase my reward rate or what, but so far it's a, it's worked, but it's been two days and I've got a history of flaming out on these things on day three. There's two dice, right? You said? Yeah. Okay. Two dice. And sometimes it lands on one? These two days. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I was doing it with one die, but 
but I said dice. So now, I, like, I was doing the math in my head real I got quick you. to figure out like what twenty five, what twenty five percent was. Okay. So I carry around a, a die, dude. Yeah, and when it comes up with a one or a two, um, it's just thirty three percent. Yeah, pretty, like yeah. So that's what I do. I'm just picturing you rolling two dice, and they get yeah. the one. It just spins interminably yeah. on a side, and the other one's a one. And I'm, dude. You know the reward I would give myself for that? I, I actually appreciate you calling me out on that. That could be embarrassing, but that was so bad a lie that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I believe that I, you carry a die with you. I feel like it's weird. Here, I've got it right here. Yeah. I feel like it's weird that I, – I feel like it's weird – see? Uh, yeah. I feel like it's weird that it's a uh, bicycle brand, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I would go non-bicycle brand. Of course, of course. When like you're going to, generic dice. No when way. When it comes to cards and, and uh, craps, yes. I'm a bicycle man. Absolutely. So um, – yeah, and so far it's uh, I, I can't tell a difference, so I don't know if I'm going to keep it up with it. Okay, okay, I like that though. That's uh, that's outside the box thinking. Um, Hold on a second, let me think. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and use that as like I wanted to bring that up at some point during the show. So okay. I'm gonna, that was something that, that I can check off my my list. I'm okay, gonna roll, roll dice. Roll it. What did it come it's up? It's a two. I get a square. Yeah, yeah. I'm you like get, I'm like flipper. Get some kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to reward myself. Put up a poll yesterday of a question I asked you, Seth. Who? Which massively? This is how I phrase the question. Which massively overpaid, disappointing 2022 QB will most likely regain Pro Bowl form in 2023? Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. You and I, I think, were both on the Aaron Rodgers train when it came to this question. Um, what do you think the people said? Which train I are the people I think the people, the people on? said Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson was second. The people are like Payne and Pendergast on the Aaron Rodgers train. 46% said Aaron Rodgers. Deshaun Watson got a healthy 32% in yeah. that. Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray taking up the, uh, taking up the, uh, the rear here. There was, uh, you know, there was, some, there was a thing floating around yesterday on social media. Somebody said, hey, before you look at Aaron Rodgers' stats from last year and think that tells the whole story, and then it was a bunch of really beautiful deep balls by Aaron Rodgers that were dropped by wide receivers. Ooh. And uh, there were some Green Bay fans taking issue with it. I didn't do a deep dive into it. I do think that the, the relevant thing is that with Rodgers – you know, I don't know, like whether he's gotten lazy, like supposedly Green Bay feels or whatever else the issue might be. I feel like he's demonstrated enough that he still has it physically. Yeah. I don't think there was a cataclysmic drop off from his MVP season to where all of a sudden he couldn't do it anymore. He still makes some pretty spectacular throws. Absolutely. And that's where I think in the right environment and for the right situation, in the right situation. And honestly, like, uh, like it, for him. And, and it's weird. I don't think it's coincidence that it happened with Brett Favre either. There's probably something about playing in Green Bay that after time it is hard to keep perspective on things and that maybe you do feel almost like you're stuck in high school. <laughs> like it's just that you're in such a tiny microcosm of a place with so much pressure on you. And if people say, well, the media is so easy up there. Yeah, but like you can't go anywhere. No, dude, it's like Friday Night Lights. It's, yeah. it's a small town. It's, You're the star football player, and everybody in town has like, got their hopes and dreams pinned on you. Yeah. And there probably comes a little bit of after a while where you just kind of want to see what life is like on the other side. Um, you know, and look, like, like, I'm not crying a river for him or anything, but him simply changing scenery, it might be just what the doctor slash shaman ordered for yeah. him at this point. <laughs> yes, the shaman. Um, yeah. Netflix is producing a doc. Well, Netflix is carrying the docuseries. Peyton Manning's production company, Omaha Productions, is actually producing a docuseries from this past season, Seth, called Quarterback, where they followed Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota around all season. They were mic'd up, the three of them, all season long. And so it's a multi-episode docuseries. I'm guessing on what life as an NFL quarterback is like. I will watch this. For sure I'll watch the first episode just to see what it's all about. I wish they'd picked more exciting subject matter than Mahomes will be good because he's kind of quirky and he's the MVP of the league. And he's got his he's got his brother and his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Mahomes Mahomes third of this will be good. Whether you love them or hate them. So you you watch them. them. Yeah, but you're going to watch them. They'll they'll, they'll move you one way or the other. Um, I cannot think of two more boring specimens for this thing than Kirk Cousins and Marcus Mariota. Cousins might be interesting to a lot of people just because he is he almost is like the like he's like the church going middle aged guy that like is trying real hard to live uh he's like he very specifically is trying to live a boring life while 
well working in an incredibly uh, you know crazy environment um, and all of the everything else that goes on. I feel like there will be people like I feel like that'll this will be big with like the church groups yeah I'm um, like hey you guys should go watch this and look here's an example of Kirk Cousins and some of the way he lives his life yeah. um, and, and, and don't get me wrong everybody there's a ton of very very religious NFL players Cousins it's almost like he's like trying super hard to drive like a 10-year-old station wagon like yeah. a, living a minimalist lifestyle like to an extreme degree like in a, in a way that I, I actually find interesting yeah so. yeah see i he's, need he's him trying to be boring which to me is interesting yeah no i need him to have an underground meth business for me to watch that part of it <laughs> <laughs> he, there needs to be a winnebago involved he need, there needs to be a jesse in his life yes okay. yes yes yeah. yes um quarterbacks i would rather watch in this docuseries um yeah. mac jones I want to watch Mac Jones pitch tennis boy hissy fits on people out in the wild, out in public. Yes, yeah. I would rather watch that than Kirk Cousins. He's got a short fuse and he's got a resting rich boy face. Yes, yes. I would watch that. Which, by the way, that's one of my complaints about Will Levis. Like, Will Levis has got all kinds of, like, just mechanical oddities and everything. And I'm like, dude, you're a rich kid. Like, who's probably had the finest in quarterbacks instruction. This isn't some kid that was, like, you know, discovered his senior year in high school or anything. His, his mom went to Yale. Yeah. He went to a fancy prep school. And, like, like so what's your excuse for having wildly erratic mechanics at this point? And that it's somehow you're going to fix it at this stage. That's my red flag. He's from Connecticut. Yeah. He, period. Like, that's it. He's from, and, I, and I can say that because I'm from Connecticut. He's, you know what? Boop. Is there, like, other than George Springer and Jeff Bagwell, has anything good ever come out of athletic? Uh, Steve uh, Young. Steve Young is from Greenwich, Connecticut. Anthony Hernandez. Uh, uh, Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez from Bristol. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was, uh, that was a big winner. Uh, Dan Orlovsky. Dan Orlovsky. Yeah. yeah, ESPN is in Bristol as well. The two big exports from Bristol. ESPN programming and Aaron Hernandez. Okay, last quick little tangent. I got to give some credit to one of our listeners. We played a we played an Orlovsky take a few weeks ago that we didn't really like. It was like it didn't seem to make much sense. And somebody, one of our listeners, said, "Man, Orlovsky always starts off with a really strong take, and then somewhere midway midway through the take, he runs out of the back of the end zone." <laughs> which, which that was good. I liked because. Like he hears, like poor Orlovsky hears that all the time because he ran out of the back of the end zone once and took a safety. Um, notoriously, I feel like he it gets thrown in his face all the time. I like the guy, our listener, that said that because at least he did it creatively. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. That was Dan's cool about that too. I think you have to be. <laughs> or else you, well, it's like yeah, it's like Clint, you know, the fumble yeah. or something. Yeah, you got to own it at some point. Uh, Zach Wilson. I would rather Zach Wilson be in this docu series. Oh yeah, watching him go to the club, slaying cougars. Absolutely, and do like every time. You know how much they could get out of just him talking to his mom's friends yes like just yes casual little he walks in and like you know how they do it on these reality shows too they'll find in the stock footage they'll find some clip of one of zach's mom's friends like getting super excited about something anyway so it'll be from like you, you'll even be able to tell the background will be out in the woods or something but zach will walk into the kitchen and they'll zoom to They'll zoom in on the friend that's like, ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when in reality she was reacting to, uh, you know, she saw a food truck in the woods <laughs> right. or something. Hor- yeah, hor- Horny grin and it was the taco <laughs> truck, right? It's nothing but that. I'll watch that all day long. Yeah. Uh, Calvin Murphy from Connecticut. We're getting – that's the topic oh, on the text page. He's uh, interesting. He's very interesting. Yeah, he's from, he's from Why Norwalk. Why has he not had a reality series yet? He should. That's a good idea. My God, he Call should. Call Peyton. Pitch it to Peyton. Pitch it to Dude, Peyton Manning. Yeah. We had – we had – um. Billy, uh, we had Billy Johnson, Calvin Murphy, and somebody else on air once uh, out oh at a golf God. tournament, and it was so fun. Yeah, like Meltzer and I just sat there and listened to them. The only thing I was worried about was they were getting so comfortable that I was worried we were going to get an FCC violation. Yeah, but they were just telling Would've... stories from back in the day, and worth oh my it. God. <laughs> totally worth it. Was, it was yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. Hey, we are giving away Kenny Chesney tickets between now and the top of the hour for the rodeo on March 15th. I'll be going to that show. I'm looking forward to that. So be listening between now. Sometime during headlines, we'll give away tickets, four-pack of tickets to see Kenny Chesney. Um, text in, uh, 713-572-4610, Trailer Wheel and Frame text page. Uh, which quarterbacks would you rather see in this quarterback docuseries than Kirk Cousins, Marcus Mariota, and Patrick Mahomes? I threw Mac Jones out there, Zach Wilson for sure, 
Send me who and why. Send it to us, uh, Payne and Pendergast, here on the text page. Um, up next, we'll do some headlines. We'll give away some tickets and your daily mock draft injection. This one courtesy of CBSSports.com. That's next. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you. All right, we'll do headlines here in a minute. We're going to give away some Kenny Chesney tickets between now and the top of the hour. Getting a lot of react on the text page to <laughs> athletic connecticutions and quarterbacks people would rather see in a docu-series. We'll get to some of those as well. <laughs> Uh, this has been a fun show so far. So far, yeah, so good. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if anybody wa- likes it, but I, I'm having fun. We'll find out in a couple of weeks. Um, so- yeah, but <laughs> nothing like the instant reward of waiting three weeks to find out what worked on Thursday the 23rd. <laughs> no dice yeah. for that one. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Gosh, turns out, I guess, three weeks ago we should have been talking about something else. <laughs> that helps us with nothing now. Right, right, uh, right. Yeah. It turns out we crushed it on this day. Through. What were you talking about? No clue. No clue. I don't have a memory. <laughs> I we can check the podcast, but that sounds like a lot of work. Um, all right, uh, mock draft injection time. Come for your mock draft, people. Uh, here we are. Today's mock draft is from CBSSports.com. Mock drafts are awesome. This is a two-rounder, so a little bonus mocking going on here. Thank you to Chris Trapasso of CBSSports.com who has the Colts actually chase the second person we've seen do this. The Colts Ooh. trade up, but yeah. not for Bryce Young. They trade up for Anthony Richardson out of Florida. Anthony Richardson, he's another guy who was getting a lot of love on social media uh, yesterday because I think this is what happens. in This is highlight season right now where people are realizing, oh, wow, the upside of Anthony Richardson. If you just take all of this Dude. lightning in a bottle – and you know, control it and refine it and turn it into something. This is this is the period, Sean, in the draft season when all the college football people are like, "Oh, what? The NFL didn't realize that Anthony Richardson is just awesome. What a bunch of idiots! Do they even watch college football? Of course, he's the best ever. They do you know? Like I know, just like Marcus Russell and everything else. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. So yeah, it's uh, or various other great, you know. The, physically gifted quarterbacks who haven't quite shown the NFL chops yet. Right. But yes, yeah, there's a lot to get tantalized by with Anthony Richardson. He is a, he is, his sizzle reel is very sizzly, no doubt about yeah. that. Um, with the second pick, thankfully this man is available. Um, the Texans, Houston Texans select. Oh, this is, I'm sorry, in the CBSSports.com Chris Trapasso version 2.0 mock draft. Houston Texans select Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama. The Texans upgrade the quarterback position in a big way with Young, who has all the improvisational brilliance to succeed in today's NFL. So this seems to be um, Bryce Young. I haven't looked at Drew Doherty's mock draft compilation column that he does where he sort of takes like 35 mock drafts and almost treats it like an election. You know, like 23 of them have Bryce Young, seven of them have C.J. Stroud. Uh, Bryce Young is the overwhelming favorite right now to land with the Texans. Bryce Young is the overwhelming favorite, and yet – at the same time, there's a little bit of a friend zone feel about Bryce Young in that, you know, you know, the old cliche of a guy sitting in a girl's bedroom and she's like, ah, I just wish I could find a guy like you. And the guy's like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting right here. And she's like, you're just so you're smart and you're awesome and you listen to what I say and you're a snazzy dresser. But I just can't find a guy like you. And he's like, I'm, I'm right here. And the problem is you're just the, like that guy's just not good looking enough for the girl <laughs> with Bryce Young. It's like, man, yeah, you check off all the boxes, dude. But you're, uh, except for that size thing. Yeah. Except for the size that I want in a quarterback. Right. And it makes me nervous. Size matters. So you're, yeah. you're in my friend zone a little bit. Yeah. And yet I'm still excited about all the other stuff. Well, and the, I, thing the, the thing the girl needs to understand is that that guy that's stuck in the friend zone, probably a very sensitive lover. And she's not discounting that part of it. She doesn't know yet. Right. Like, she's going to be 38 years old looking back on her life. And she's like, oh, crap. I should have gone with Sean Pendergast. Right, like, I don't right. know what I was thinking. He tries to make yeah. up for his size in other ways. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. Right, yes. Right, yes. Exactly. Yes. So exactly. Bryce Young is. Uh, I. You don't want to be the guy 
20 years from now, it's like, I should have dated Bryce Young. Yeah, that's where my life went wrong. But the problem is, too, with Bryce Young is he's like dating somebody who's in the military and you don't know when or where he's going to get shipped off to at a moment's notice. If we fall in love with Bryce Young over these next two months, he might get shipped off to Indianapolis and not have any say over whether he becomes a Houston Texan. That's true. Then all of a sudden we'll just call him a dirty whore. <laughs> well, it's not even his fault. Can't believe I ever even liked you. Goodbye, yeah, but I, but I need to make a, I need to sever ties. I got somehow, you. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's part of the process. I get you. But I because get Bryce it. is such a solid dude, you know what Bryce would do? He would be like the guy um, who like is intentionally mean to a girl, so it makes it easier for her to break it off. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, get out of here! I never loved you anyway. Like, you know, uh, like things. Robert Redford did to Demi Moore at the end of Indecent Proposal. Remember that? Is that what it, dude? Spoilers. Yeah. I've only ever seen like the sex part of that, and then I stopped watching. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, great. So well, that's you, what he does. So, st- so she goes back to Woody, but it's not because she actually wants to go to Woody. She got what he was trying to do, and she was like, well, thank you for let, trying to let me down easy here. Kissed Robert Redford on the cheek and went back to his much poor, her much poorer husband. Yes. So she was genuinely, Spoiler she alert. liked Robert Redford, though? She genuinely liked him? She did, yeah. They were in a relationship uh, for a bit on that movie. Yeah, yeah. So Woody, so did they end up staying together? I feel like Woody he, and Demi like, he, shouldn't. They did, they did. They did, yeah. They end up getting back After together. She, that's depressing as hell. I know. So she basically know. just settled for Woody. Yeah, yeah, After yeah. After having Woody like, was forsaken cool with him. him. Yeah. Yep. Poor Woody. Yep. That's all right, Woody. Someday you'll be in this show with Matthew McConaughey that will bring new respect to both of you as dramatic actors. Good job. True Detective, it right? Show. It was True, true Detective. Yeah, yeah, True Detective, yeah. And um, then that, the fran- that franchise will be disappointing. You guys will be so good. Woody and oh. Matthew McConaughey would be so good that each ensuing season with different actors would be a that sad Vince Vaughn is going to be oh, – that Vince Vaughn season of True Detective was awful. Hey, don't worry, Woody. Someday we're going to try to replace you with Vince Vaughn. Oh, yeah. my God. Who else – who else – the, the, who was the one the, with Vince Vaughn was the, uh, the Irish dude. With the thick, yeah, is it Colin uh, Farrell? Yeah, Colin, Colin Farrell. Farrell? Wasn't it? That, that was – because Vince Vaughn was like kind of the straight detective, and Colin Farrell was the alcoholic mess. Yeah, so that was like he was like the Matthew Mc, uh, Vince Vaughn. Uh, Vince Vaughn was like the Woody Harrelson. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Colin and, Farrell was the Matthew McConaughey. And Ted Johnson's friend Rachel McAdams was in there as well. She was a female. Ted Johnson's cop. friends with Rachel McAdams. He is. Yeah, he was at least back in the day. Like special. Now friends, that's who or? I would follow around in a docu series. Ted Johnson. That would be a fun docu series. Were they special friends or just buds? I don't know the full story on it. I, I, I buds for sure. I don't know if there was any friends with benefits going on. I'm not. Ted's got the Kavorka. I think it's pretty much Does like Ted's ever. never been stuck in the friend zone in his life. Ted's <laughs> been the one that's kind of like, ah, hey, listen, sweetie, I know. Listen, please don't leave your husband for me. I just, it's not. Uh, I wouldn't feel right about it. Okay. <laughs> no friend zone, Johnson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no fly zone, <laughs> Brandon Harris. No friend zone, Ted Johnson. All right, let's get to the twelfth pick here, and then we'll get to. Ted is beating them off with a stick, but because they're specifically requesting with a stick, it. Right. Yes. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, with the twelfth pick in the Chris Chapasso mock draft, uh, I, I'm not liking this. The Texans select Jordan Addison, wide receiver, USC. I'm, boo, seeing, boo, I'm seeing as much. I'm boo. Hey, boo. I'm seeing as much Jordan Addison to the Texans as I am Bryce Young to the Texans. I like I like Jordan Addison. He's fun to watch. He's 170 pounds though, and if I'm I, it's not even a scheme thing. I mean, I, like, it's it's easy to say, hey, because Slowick was in San Francisco and because D'Amico was in San Francisco, they're going to big physical brutes of receivers. Um, but it's, uh, you know, like, there's there's plenty of room for a slot receiver. Just like Gary Kubiak was kind of always trying to find you know, David Anderson or somebody like that to be a slot receiver in yep. his offense. And, um, and to be sure, Addison can play more than just slot. He can be an outside guy. But if I'm going to take a drastically undersized quarterback, I don't want to also have a drastically undersized slot receiver. No. I, I'm going to be a little bit of an old-school meathead in this regard. Like, okay, give me – if you're going to take Bryce Young, then give me Johnston, the big freaking just monster of an athlete that breaks tackles all day long uh, on the other side of it. You've got to balance out the equation a little bit. We get a bonus pick here because it's a two-round mock. Would you like a 33rd overall pick here, Seth? I desperately need one. Okay, here it is. With the 33rd overall pick in the Chris Trapasso CBS Sports.com version 2.0 mock draft, the Houston Texans select somebody that John Harris is very high on, Keon oh, really? White. Johnny in his mock draft has the Texans taking Keon White, edge rusher out of Georgia Tech, at 12. Oh, yeah. So this mock draft has him available at 33. Guessing Johnny himself would run the card up to the commissioner for this one. 
You know, the edge rushers are going to be the interesting thing in, in the first 12 picks because I, I've seen a lot of mock drafts that have, you know, three or four edge rushers going in the first 11 picks. Yep. And so this is one of those things where, man, I, I'd really love the Texans to get a wide receiver, but it's not, it, you know, Addison and Johnson might be the couple of guys you feel really good about taking in the top 12. Beyond that, if, if one of those edge rushers is still there, uh, then, yeah, I, I think that there's a really good chance that's what we see. Yeah. A guy that you can hopefully, you know, grow old with and eventually finally replace your J.J. Watt or whatever dynamic you have. There. I love Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. I don't think he'll be there at 12, but I love him enough where, I mean, he's super disruptive. Granted, it's against Big 12 competition. But he's really good. Like, if they wanted to duke a, a third to somebody to move up, if he's still sitting there at 8 or 9 or something like that, he's a really good player. But I'm with you on that. I'm with you on the edge rushers. All right, let's get to uh, – Headlines, stay tuned. Kenny Chesney tickets in the next five minutes. Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines. Brought to you by BaywayJeep.com. Lance McCullers, arm trouble, and he will be out for a few weeks at spring training. He met with the media yesterday to shed some more light on what's going on. It happened in a bullpen session earlier at spring training a few days ago. Was fine during the session, and then his elbow flared up after the session. So, had an MRI. No structural damage, nothing serious, he says, but he will not be ready for opening day. He says opening day, out of the question. Opening day is out of the question. Yeah, opening day is out of the question. I don't know if, I mean, it just, because of the nature of building up through spring and the amount of um, bullpens you need and lives you need and then obviously games, it just not, it just, I mean, the, the smartest thing would, would be, uh, you know, to just go at a slow pace and, and, and come back and still have the ability to throw, you know, majority of the full season, still hope to hit that 150, 160 innings mark, you know, versus, you know, rushing it and coming back and, you know, risking re-injury um, or risking just not being able to be an effective part of the team. The, the, the thing that scares me about this, Seth, is last season where you get all these reports and things are going good and he's finally soft-tossing again and it felt like it took – Forever. Oh, that's right. For yeah, it did back. take forever. Well, yeah. I was five months from beginning to end. Yeah, and yeah. it's yeah. We'd kind of hear you'd hear a little bit of a positive report, and then at the end of the positive report, they'd say, "So, in seven short years, Lance should be back. <laughs> should be back to sixty miles an hour from thirty feet." Yes. You know what? I felt like I did a disservice to uh, not just the listener, Sean, but to you personally. Yesterday mm. was uh, I was listening to the Locked On uh, Astros podcast last yeah. night. And they were flipping out over Jordan Alvarez mm. and just the wondering whether, like, okay, A, tired of these vague reports out of Dusty and the Astros where you just you hear about soreness and then so be it. Um, but then also just whether Jordan should have had surgery in the offseason. If uh, for whatever his hand, you know, if, if he didn't ultimately fix his hand and his hand is sore now, why didn't he have surgery in the offseason? I guess that I – I can't get that worked up with it about it because I think one thing that a lot of times people just don't want to accept is that there's always going to be a whole lot of uncertainty and unpredictability about injuries in general. There's just like people want a specific answer. It's kind of like when you find out you have an illness and you want the doc to tell you how long you got. Yeah. And the doctors are like, well, I mean, honestly, it could any be from three months until you live for another 20 years. And people get angry. But like, that's, that's the reality of it. So, I, you know, in assessing the mortality of Jordan's hand, I just I think that he, he had his hand issue, it got better, and now it's sore a little bit, and they're going to be super careful with it. And beyond that, I can't freak out about it until he starts missing actual games with it. I'm no hand expert, but this, is, this would be my question. Do we know what it is that the issue is other than just his hand is sore? You know, like, do we, you know, maybe he's just predisposed to getting sore hands from swinging a baseball bat. You know what I mean? Like, not everybody's built the same way. Do we know that it's something that surgery can fix? Like, a, we've Sean, never gotten specifics on what exactly this is other than his hand hurts. It, it's his left hand, Sean. Thank yeah. you. And they've given us the ah, specifics. Ah, yes. Ah, okay. Well, so there you go. Do I feel stupid? <laughs> <laughs> For a baseball player, is a. <laughs> For a hitter, is it less notable if it's his dominant hand versus his weak hand? Uh, just for the hitting aspect of it. But either hand being gone in that situation just sucks. So it feels like a Bagwell not. question for when we get to spring training. 
Yeah, yeah, like the, the very specifics of yeah. like, okay, like when you're, if you had to choose one hand, like to be injured in your swing, it's hard for me to envision as a left, I'm trying to swing left-handed now, yeah, for those of you who can't yeah. see me, does that mean everybody except Sean? Yep. Uh, it's weird, I can't, I can't even envision what it would feel like, so if I go righty, it almost feels like the left, because you end up yeah. having to flex your left if you're right-handed with your swing, you gotta flex your left that much more. Yep, it might hurt more for your non-dominant hand. Your left yeah. stays on the bat longer too. Yeah, uh, so yeah. Um, especially with my form, right? I'm all over the place. Yeah. That's a lot of twerking and bending and grinding. You look there, good yeah. though. You look good. You, you look good twerking and bending and grinding. <laughs> hey, let's give away some tickets here to Kenny Chesney, and then we'll get back to the uh, headlines. Seven one three five seven two four six ten. Call now. Caller number five. Four pack of tickets to see Kenny Chesney at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. That is Wednesday, March fifteenth. I know that is the date for that concert because I'm going. So we'll do it again in the final hour of this show. Keep listening all day long for your chance at rodeo tickets. Cook off starting tonight. Uh, it is here. It is a great time of year to be a Houstonian. Um, as far as Jordan uh, goes, Seth. Um, as you know, I'm a huge fan of subjective top 100 lists that have really nothing to do with stats or anything. It's just the basic feel of a handful of people as to how good people are at their jobs. Um, Major League Baseball is unveiling their top 100. They unveiled 20 through 11 last night. And good news for those of you who care about this stuff, no sign of Jordan Alvarez. So Jordan is going to be in the top 10. My prediction yesterday was he was going to be sixth. These are the remaining players that have not yet been named. I'm, I'm assuming these are the 10 guys that are going to get unveiled tonight on MLB TV. Jordan Alvarez, Aaron Judge, Jose Ramirez, Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Paul Goldschmidt, Manny Machado, and Nolan Arenado. Those are the 10 guys that have yet to show up that are obviously for sure top 100 players. I am... Um, I'm going to revise my prediction for Jordan. I think Jordan finishes fourth. I think he's going to be fourth behind uh, Shohei Otani, be number one for sure. And then I think Judge will be ahead of him because he won the MVP last year. And I think Trout will be ahead of him because Trout could be injured for 80 games and people are still going to go, oh, Mike Trout. Uh, you know, they're, they, they, you know, Mike, and Mike Trout, when healthy, probably is the best player in baseball. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go four for Jordan Alvarez. He'll be fourth okay. on this list. So that's my prediction. Are you going to scream disrespect? You better believe it if he's below yeah. four. Hundred percent. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it's it's uh, unconscionable. Hundred percent. I wonder. I do like. Um, I want Jordan to go after the AL home run record specifically, just to see if uh, if ESPN starts breaking. It yes, just swing games. for the fences. Enough just, of this. <laughs> enough of the good decision making. Going with a pitch, hitting to the opposite no. field. I only honestly, I only want it so I can be angry at ESPN for last year acting like, oh yeah, we want to break in on Big Twelve games um, or University Dude. of Houston games, uh, like just because Aaron Rodgers is about uh, Judge is about to break some you, record that nobody ever nobody ever even broke it up oh, into leagues before. You yeah. you nailed that. That yes. Yeah. By the way, you're listening to KLT KLT HD two and Odyssey Station. Yes, Seth. Uh, and by that the way, was, there was never a big example of the city of New York sports media masturbating to, uh, more than just like them thinking that everybody cared about Aaron Judge. Like the Big 12 football fans cared about Aaron Judge right. breaking the AL home run record. We interrupt. That's a completely New York based thing. We interrupt Iowa State versus Kansas to show yeah. you Aaron Judge hitting a not hitting his well not even hitting a home right, run right 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 bat going up to the plate and popping out to shortstop. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. All right, so Jordan, my prediction, he's going to be fourth. We'll see. Congrats to Carlos in Houston, winner of the Kenny Chesney tickets. Next chance to win in the nine o'clock hour. Um. Texans, real quick note here. Combine is next week. Combine pressers are set. So we'll get our first uh, D'Amico Ryan's Combine head coach press conference on Wednesday of next week at noon Central Time. Nick Casario will be meeting with the media the day before on Tuesday of next week at 10.45 a.m. I would imagine those are press conferences that we'll carry live here on Sports Radio 610. So just make a note of that. Um, as far as things around the NFL... Um, I was going to start with the mass uh, bloodletting of players in Tennessee. I was going to talk about Derek Carr a little bit, how douchey Micah Parsons is. But, Seth, we're getting texts about this, and quite honestly, I texted you this picture last night. Didn't get a reply from you, but that's okay on this one because I knew we would talk about it on the air. A lot of people wanting to know what exactly is going on with Dom Caper's hair. Oh, um, I don't know. He just, he's got a – he wears something. 
Oh, he does. Okay, it's, so that's. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, but I it's, don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, like I don't. Yeah, that's, that's okay. what he does. It's a big topic uh, on the internet these, uh, today because it's it's it seemed at his press conference yesterday to be riding a little lower than normal. Yeah, the, the hairline. So, um, all right. Well, that's so. It's just it's a piece, and and that's it. And stop sending. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just for the most part, we just don't. We never really talked about it. Yeah, as yeah, as yeah. It's yeah. like something people can be sensitive about. Yeah, so I got gotcha. you. Don't really didn't. I got gotcha. you. Um. Taylor Lewan, Robert Woods, Randy Bullock, Zach Cunningham, no longer Tennessee Titans. Two former Texans, uh, Randy Bullock and Zach Cunningham. Um, Taylor Lewan, the big ticket item there. The the Titans get under the salary cap. They were twenty five million over the salary cap. Um, so they're several million under the salary cap. I guess two things out of this set: Does Taylor Lewan play again? And if so, how sought after will he be? And number two. Zach Cunningham, there are Texan fans who want the Texans to kick tires on Zach Cunningham. I, I would think, okay, with Taylor Lewan, I mean, he's just a – he's a lot. He's a bit much personality-wise, but he's still a really good football player. He just kind of puts it out there. Like I, I can't remember. Somebody at one point thought that, like, okay, he cared more about impressing the barstool guys than, like, his actual football coaches. Um, but he's a really good football player. With an annoying personality. So uh, how much of that is like something that somebody else wants to deal with at this point? I don't know. Uh, I, somebody will want to because he's a really good player is, when he's not injured. So I think he, he goes somewhere if he wants to. He's probably making really good money on his podcast. What's the name of his? The uh, Bussin', Bussin' with, with the, the boys. boys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's probably making a pretty good amount of money with that, and he already made a lot as a player. But he might decide that he just wants to uh, basically go the Pat McAfee route. Since he he hinted that he might not want to play again, did you say? Yeah, he's well. He he did an interview where he said he wasn't sure about yeah. wanting to play again. You know, he's not. Boy, that's usually like once you once you doubt. That's you're my out. that's kind of my point with it. Like that's that's why the question for me isn't. Who signs Taylor Lewan? It's does Taylor Lewan play football again? Because again, like as you pointed out, he's got a plan B that he's already started in on. Like he's, you know, he's yeah. he's in that new media world right now. He's had. Let's see. Let me do a little quick math. I'm going to tell you how much he may or may not have made. Like the the amount of money you get paid per view on YouTube is um it's all over the place based on a lot of different factors. But there's a there's a good chance that he's made like at least like four, five, six million dollars on his YouTube channel alone. Then he has the podcast. Um, wow, and that all much? That, whatever social media. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So Man. it's, I mean, now that's less money than he's making playing football. But he might look at it as something like, okay, if I decide to go into this full time, then that's my, that's a new challenge at this point. In my Way life. fewer concussions, too, though. <laughs> yes, yes. Generally. Yeah. Unless he decides to go like the jackass route or right, something. Right, right. If he turns yeah. into the new Steve O. Yeah. <laughs> um, then, then that would be different. Um, Landry Locker, speaking of YouTube channels, on his YouTube channel yesterday, made a case for the Texans signing Robert Woods, uh, who the Titans just let go. Robert Woods, who has never been an elite receiver in the NFL, but he's been a productive receiver at times, played in a version of the system, the Coop Shanistan system, in L.A. with the Rams. And I don't know, I get, presumably would not be command top tier dollar at this point you know he's injured yeah. last year he's he's bounced around a little bit now what, what are your thoughts on Robert Woods um Robert Woods the only thing issue I have with Robert Woods or any other veteran wide receiver at this point is that it, you've already there are only so many reps to go around and if you've got John Mechie if you've got Nico Collins and then if you draft a guy in the first round um you know there's not like then and you've got a veteran wide receiver, then that's a, that's, that's, you can deal with that, obviously, right? You know, um, but you've also still got Brandon Cooks on the roster. And I guess that's the question. Is, is it just a foregone conclusion that Brandon Cooks is going to be traded? I, like, I, I feel like I'm the only guy in the city of Houston that feels like there's a really good chance that D'Amico Ryans and Brandon Cooks have a couple of conversations and – they find out that, like, D'Amico still wants to give Brandon Cooks a shot because, like, Brandon Cooks engaged and available is a lot cheaper than whatever you're going to have to give up to get Robert Woods in and trade away. Like, I just, it's, um, I, because you're going to take a hit by trading away Brandon Cooks anyway. Yeah. I just, I'd like to see it play out with Brandon Cooks first. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm open to Brandon Cooks staying here. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 